Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap Up. This is the week of February 7th. We're going to look back this week in the week of sports, talk about what's happening. Um, mostly the Olympics uh, kicked off last officially last Friday with the opening ceremonies. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk about the African Cup of Nations, and we're going to give a little update on the Premier League. We'd like to hop around these different leagues and check out what's happening semi-midway through the season, so we're going to do that and a whole lot more. Uh, my name is Grace. I am here with some special guests. First, I'd like to introduce the great Puya Zamfakili. Puya, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Grace. I'm very happy to be here, part of your new podcast. Excited to talk all things sports. And yeah, it's, you know, the, the thing is, the, 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 the fact that podcasting for me has become pretty much TV, mm-hmm. getting to talk about non-TV sports is on TV, but you know, it's different. And I'm excited to experience that. Yeah, a whole different world uh, from like yeah. the unscripted and the scripted TV that we watch. Uh, yeah, um, we're not alone. We've brought in our Olympics uh, ringer, um, DJ LaBelle Klein, a.k.a. Troy. How you doing, Troy? I am great. This is my moment I have been waiting for. <laughs> it is the Olympic season and uh, I am in my fullest form. So I'm delighted to be here. We'll talk about other sports, I promise. Uh, but boy. I love the Olympics, uh, even if it totally ruins my sleep schedule. I mean, other sports. The Olympics is like many, many. Sports. It's all the sports. That's all the sports. Yeah, that's it's all the so good ones. About it. Yeah. No, no offense. Sorry. But you know what? Football, soccer, that, that's in the that's in the uh, summer Olympics. So we'll count it. We claim this, it. We've had a lot of um, a lot of football NFL talk the last few weeks. So we were taking a slight break. It was up. There was the Pro Bowl this weekend, which we might touch on at the end of the show. But it is officially uh Olympic season, uh, Winter Olympics, they kicked off um, this past Friday with their opening ceremonies. Although I was very confused, Troy, you have to get into this, that there was Olympic games scheduled before the opening ceremonies. That seemed like blasphemy um, to me. But um, uh, before we get into the Olympics, I always like to ask our guests sort of what's your sports background? Um, what do you watch? Who are your teams? Um, things like that. So Puyo, why don't, why don't you kick us off? Um, yeah. Um, what, as far as Olympic events go? No, not Olympics. Anything, oh, usually you know, general sports. General okay. sports, yeah. Why, why are you here on the sports? For <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, as far as, um, as far as sports go for me, I grew up watching soccer. Soccer uh-huh. was like the sport for me. And, and, you know, everyone around me growing up in the Middle East, that's to be expected. 
And then somewhere along the way, it was like light basketball pickup. Then I moved to Canada for university and then hockey came into the mix. Then hockey Uh left basketball, got reintroduced. Um, So I'll give you the three teams from those three sports. Okay. Okay. So soccer club goes, Premier League goes, it's Manchester United, has always been Manchester United, even though it makes me weep. Okay. (laughs) there's yeah, that yeah <laughs> um basketball obviously it's the toronto raptors that's yep you know it's to be expected and then again it makes me weep but hockey is the ottawa senators okay oh no i didn't yeah, know I mean, this i went to university in ottawa i backed ottawa i was like listen everyone else here is either the habs or the uh the the maple leaves are like, yeah. nah, nah, we're sen- we're sense fans here. Okay. Yeah, big mistake. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, one day. That's fine. I think that's fine. I mean, I think it's not as to me as a Leafs fan, it's not as blasphemous if you were a um, Montreal Canadiens fan. So I could take the Sens fan. Well, that's thank fun. you. Yeah. yeah no we were they were decent when I first got there. You know, we had Carlson, yeah. we had Mika. Yeah. We, it was good. Uh, Alfredson, like it was looking nice. And then it Started looking less nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I feel like um, these days with the Raptors, like I feel like we're in like hangover mode. We're like, they're they're okay. They're doing pretty well. This year, they're in like sixth place. But I just feel kind of like, yeah, we have a championship in like the last uh, you know few years. So like, I don't really care what else happens. Like they're bad yeah, for I mean, a bit, you know? We're still riding the the highs of that. And like, you yeah. know, it makes sense. They, we, we literally went out of nowhere, got Kawhi, got a championship. Kawhi left. Yeah. The team rebuilt. And now we've got a new uh, young core and it's looking good. Yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, if this year, if the heat win and Kyle Lowry gets another ring, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's like a, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's like a bad take as a Raptors fan. Somebody out there is like screaming, like you have to cheer. Uh, it depends. Team, it depends fun. on the, yeah, I feel like that depends on the person. I feel like some people, when they're a fan of a team, if you leave their team, you've, you've, you're a traitor. Whereas yeah. I've never had that feeling in me. I'm like, I get sad if one of my favorite players leaves, but so you know, good. You know, thanks for giving us what you gave us, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't need to be like a hundred percent on that, you know? And I, I'm kind of like, I love bandwagon fans. Uh, that's another hot take I have that like, I remember when the blue Jays did well uh, mm-hmm. a few years ago, like the, the friends of mine who were like, I never watched baseball. And this is so fun. It's like, yeah, it's very fun. It's very fun when your team wins and there are a lot of people like to go to the games. Um, all right. Very good. Uh, Troy, what about you? What's your like sports background? Oh boy. Uh, well, speaking of bandwagon fans, uh, the wagon is open folks. Mm-hmm. Come on to the Cincinnati Bengals bandwagon, yeah. uh, just in time before the inevitable Super Bowl victory. Uh, the first ever uh, Super Bowl win from the Cincinnati Bengals. It would be uh, mm-hmm. the first in my like living memory that we're even in there. So I guess I should start. I, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, which is a couple of hours away from Cincinnati. That was the closest pro sports town. Uh, so I was a big Cincinnati Reds fan as a kid. Okay. Uh, Chris Sabo, Barry Larkin era for anyone who follows baseball. I also was kind of like a, an Atlanta Braves fan because at that time in the mid 90s, how could you not be? Uh, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I got like Bengals by proxy, but we were so bad. Mm -hmm. The Bengals, like you talk about, you talk about the center, like this was, this was like, you know, golden state warriors bad, uh, Mm -hmm. back in the day. Uh, we, we, I only saw the Bengals on ESPN, uh, as the highlights for the other team. (laughs) That was literally like we were the bungles. So the opportunity now to like be in a Super Bowl, uh, I don't follow the NFL super closely. I don't know the team like way in depth. I was very scared. I was going to have to analyze the team and everything to come on the pod and have substance. But yeah. So anyway, Bengals, Reds. um, I grew up in Kentucky. So college basketball is a big deal here. So I just never got into NBA. 
Um, yep, which that's makes y'all, sense, yeah. when y'all talk about it, I probably am like in that, you know, percentage of <laughs> listeners who are like, I, they're saying words, they're yeah. saying names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the through line for me has always been the Olympics. Uh, ever since I was a little kid, I mean, I, I still remember like some of my earliest memories, uh, that I can still remember are like Christy Yamaguchi in Albertville and then like mm-hmm. Lillehammer and all the games in like 1990 and 1994. Um, and just like, I kind of really got into the more like, I guess, obscure sports. So like I got big into tennis and following international volleyball. And then I went down like a rabbit hole of following sumo wrestling and all kinds of other well, random things that aren't even on the Olympics. We'll um, do a sumo deep dive one day. Oh my gosh. It'd be so great. Like literally perhaps the greatest sumo of all time, uh, retired. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's fascinating. I don't follow it as closely anymore, but, uh, I, I kind of, I don't know. I phase in and out of following different sports. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, I end up knowing a little bit about a lot of things. Okay. We'll take that. I mean, um, but let's, uh, let's jump into it. You're a big Olympics fan. Um, yeah, and they kicked off um, uh, this past Friday. Um, yeah, well, what is it about the, the the Olympics, Troy? What is it that you love so much about it? Uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll first I'll first say uh, I'll answer your first question that you asked maybe before we started, which is they they did kick off Friday, but they also kind of mm-hmm. kicked off Wednesday and also kind of Thursday. And uh, the reason is just because they pack in so much, right? Is that they just don't have enough time to do it all in 14 days. And so they start early um, and they do that in the summer Olympics too. And I guess that kind of gets to answer your, your current question, which is like what I love so much about it. It's just all the things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally for two weeks straight, you finish watching one event and there's immediately something else to watch. Uh, you're bouncing back and forth between figure skating and bobsled and, uh, you know, ice hockey. And it's just like a, it's eating from the buffet of sports wonderfulness. And I think it also hits at this like idealism that I have. And, and, and you could definitely make the argument about like, corporatism and the other known issues with the Olympics. Um, But the notion of like all these countries coming together and all these athletes who are like investing so much time and effort to uh, do their best on the world stage, even from obscurity, that's amazing to me. And just like pulls up my heartstrings. Yeah. I do think there's something really cool about sort of the spotlight being on these like sports that we don't otherwise watch the rest of the year is one thing that I very much love about the Olympics that like, um, you know, whether it's like figure skating or like even more niche, like when you get into like luge and um, some of this stuff, um, like uh, I'm a big curling fan, even like outside of the Olympics. But I know like this is the time of year where people are like, yeah, I get really into that. I really get into curling for two weeks of the year. Um, and yeah, it's like this moment that these athletes who like work so hard and don't necessarily um, get you know, there are like world championships and other things, but never is there this much attention as when it's the Olympics. I think that's, um, that's really neat um, and cool. Um, we should probably like preamble, you know, uh, the Olympics, uh, you know, especially where they're being held this year. Um, For sure. Yeah. I don't know if you, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, all. yeah, well, we, we talked about this a little bit offline, but I, I feel like we want to be in a place where we can just like talk with unabashed joy about the cool performances and the competitions. Uh, and and you, you really can't right now. Um, 
And so at very least on the podcast, it's worth acknowledging that the Olympics are happening in the context of uh, Beijing, China, and it's a country that has a pretty long history of human rights abuses uh, and, and present of human rights abuses. Um, no country uh, has a monopoly on doing the right thing. But I think between the crackdown on democracy protests and uh, the camps with uh, Uyghurs in Western China, um, uh, and even just like the cut down on free speech, our athletes in uh, China right now cannot speak freely. And I think that's worth acknowledging as like a bit of a context setting um, before we get too far down the road of celebrating how awesome and fun they are. Um, or, you know, it, it sports are just sports, uh, but they're still people in context. So things like that do matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, like for people sure. who always are like, uh, take the politics out of sports. It's like, it's literally impossible. There's no way to separate the two. I'm sorry. Uh, they are intrinsically linked. And so, yeah, they've chosen to have the Olympics uh, in China. There's a lot of ways in which um, that is being purchased. Government officials, I think, from the United States and many other uh, countries uh, chose not to send um, official representatives um, to the Olympic Games, even if the athletes are competing. I know there's, yeah, there's some stuff where like the athletes are told, like, don't bring your own cell phones. Uh, it's like, feels not great. but um, yeah. Um, so we just want to acknowledge that upfront that um, we're certainly viewing it from from that um, lens. Um, but uh, Trey, one of the things I like wanted to chat with you about is like, what should I be like looking out for? What should we and the, the listeners, what should like, what is the stuff that we should be eyeing on the Olympic stage? What's uh, some, are there like some fun stories or or events that like, you know, to the casual, someone who's just turning on for me, CBC, uh, you know, uh, in the evening, what should I be like looking out for at these Olympics? Oh gosh. That's a big question, uh, that's, I know. Yeah, that's like asking someone like what is what the thing the, you're most excited what about? What are the then? good MCU films, right? Yeah. Like yeah. sure, there's some ones that are better than others, but uh they're all they're all good. Okay, I'll I'll give you like my pro tips or my like yeah. uh, 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 uh watching the Olympics is a casual. Maybe that that's what and I'm, I'm making this up on the fly, but uh maybe Puyo we could find like the Olympic sport that you're like most destined to watch that's the best fit for you. Um mm-hmm. I think uh so I think obviously like the sports in the Olympics the the disciplines fall into like a few different buckets. You're either uh skating on ice you're uh, sledding down ice uh, or you're skiing uh, and doing maybe something else with skiing or snowboarding. Um, and I think, uh, and then curling is just this other thing out uh, on the periphery that uh-huh. just doesn't fit into the other buckets. And I think that's part of why we love it. So I guess I'll start with curling. Like you, you will always find curling on cause there are tournaments, uh, a men's tournament, a women's tournament and a mixed doubles tournament. That's just uh, about to wrap up. Uh, and it seems like the sport, like you could do right like mm-hmm. you could you could have a few beers uh it is really difficult to be an elite olympic curler uh but it's not biologically impossible in the same way that like being a sprinter is for a lot of us oh yeah have you curled before i've never curled yeah oh, <laughs> it's hard it i hard. i went after the u.s won the gold medal in 2018 I went and learned how to curl uh, at my local rink uh, in what was then San Jose. Um, actually, uh, it's the practice ice for the San Jose Sharks, which I guess I should have mentioned are my hockey team. Right. But um, uh, it's not easy. It, it, is, <laughs> it is a really challenging balance and learning how to like walk on ice. And then the sweeping and tactics piece of it is just a whole other level. Here's the thing I think people have the most 
confusion about curling. Uh, and I was on a work call today with somebody who's from Canada. So it's not like every Canadian knows curling. And they were like, I, I, I would watch it, but I just don't understand what they're actually trying to do. They're like throwing rocks and they're sweeping them. Like I don't understand. And so I, I know I curled a lot as a kid, but Troy, what's like the basic, like the premise, the, the most simplest version of like, this is what they're trying to do in curling basically. Um, okay. So the, the easy explanation is to say, uh, it's like shuffleboard on ice. Yeah. It's not really, but the, the simple version, it's like a little bit more like horseshoes where you count the most stones at the end of what's called, uh, an end. Um, it, once you throw all the stones in around, you count how many you have closest to the center before your competitor's closest stone. So it's very tactical in the way that you're trying to, um, set things up to block out shots for your opponent, um, or to maximize your potential scoring chance. So, you know, you're basically going to see, um, a few like hits or a few uh, types of throws and curling ones to take out where you're just trying to get rid of other people's stones. But toward the end of um, play, you'll start to see what are called draws where they're just trying to get it to stop at a very specific, precise place all the way on the other end of the ice. And they will sweep in order to have it go faster or have it go straighter. Otherwise it's just going to curl in toward the center of the ice. Um, and so the basic gist is uh, tactically get closest to the pin and score a bunch of points. Yeah. If you have the most, the, um, basically like if, if you have one of your rocks uh, closest and then the other team has the next closest, you score one point. But if your rock is closest and then another one of your rocks is, is the second closest, and then there's a, an opposing team score, then you get two points. You're just trying to get the most amount as close to the center, what's called the button um, as possible. Um, and who are like, I mean, obviously Canada, a, a big, mm-hmm. big surprise as we're chatting here. We're going to, you know, this pod is going to be uh, become outdated even as we drop it. Cause uh, there'll be events happening and things, but um, Canada was eliminated from the mixed double. Mixed doubles is a new uh, sport. It was introduced in 2018 for the first time. Canada did win gold there, but Canada is out of the mixed doubles. But, you know, between sort of the mixed doubles, the men's, the women's um, games, who is uh, who are some of like the favorites who who, who could? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, Canada, Canada is a favorite anytime they're in curling. Um, but the introduction of mixed doubles where there's one woman and one man uh, who compete, uh, they it really creates a lot more parity, uh, a lot more even playing field. Uh, and so actually the top team in the tournament has been Italy. They've been undefeated and they're in yeah. the gold medal match uh, against Norway. Uh, and the bronze medal game is against uh, is between Sweden and Great Britain. Um, so Italy has been the star of the mixed doubles, yeah, which is they have been. fascinating. Yeah. Italy. Um, yeah, and, and that's actually how Canada got eliminated. They, yeah. It came down to a very last shot between um, Canada and Italy, and uh, and they literally, Canada missed by like a millimeter. They were just yeah. out by a millimeter, uh, and that would have gotten them into the playoffs. Um, on the uh, on the like men's and women's team side, I think you're going to see uh, Sweden is consistently a pretty good team um, on both the men's and women's side. Uh, the United States is the defending gold medal champion uh, yeah, in John the men's Schuster, side. John Schuster's back, right? With his team. He's, um, the one thing, yeah. that, typically the teams are named after the skip, who is the, the team member who 
mostly calls the shots. Like it's currently it's a small team, so it's pretty collaborative, but basically the skip sort of decides, okay, this is what, like, this is what I want you to shoot. I want you to take out this rock. I want you to draw one in close. I want you to put up a guard, whatever. And then the skip also shoots the last two rocks for their teams in a classic, like men's or women's game where they have four typically, players. Typically. Typically. Yeah, I mean, John Schuster's had this like wild up and down and I, I won't regale you all because we don't have time to build the holes. They've literally made a documentary about like the rise and fall and re-rise of John Schuster. But he's struggled so much in the past that like they, they even took away, they benched him during the Olympics in a prior Olympics. So for him to come back and his crew to win a gold medal uh, four years ago and then to qualify again against all odds, really. I mean, this was, yeah. again, an uphill battle uh, for them to be the USA team. Um, it's not like hockey where uh, you draft your team based on the best stars from your country. It really is, you know, these are the four guys or these are the four women who practice in and out all year. And then they compete against the other teams to wear the flag at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, so uh, USA, definitely a strong team. Canada always sends a strong team. Um, Swiss, I, most of the teams are pretty strong on the men's side. On the women's side, um, Korea was uh, a surprise silver medalist uh, uh, last uh, at the uh, Pyeongchang Olympics. Yep. Uh, they've continued to be quite good. Um, yeah, Great Sweden Britain. is the defending champion. South Korea was in second. Japan came in third. Um, yeah, Great Britain was fourth last time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Canada's sending a different squad on the women's side this time. Um, and so uh, they struggled in 2018. I, if I were to put money on something, I think I'd go Canada on the women's side. How does, this, how does the team that represents the country get decided? So usually each country has some sort of like uh, Olympic trials or national qualification. Uh, and uh, for Canada, that is hotly contested. Mm-hmm. Um mm. And uh, you basically, it's kind of like the Briar. Uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, followed it, which is like the national championship for uh, curling in Canada on the men's side or the Scotties is the women's side. Um, but basically they just, you know, you, you qualify your team based on doing well enough at regional levels. Um, and then all of the best teams in Canada get together one weekend and you got to win. So Probably. there's this really interesting thing, Puya, I think um, in the Scotties tournament, I, I love, um, the, the thing I like didn't understand as a kid when I would watch is a lot of these like um, the tournaments to decide like who gets to represent teams at the Olympics. There's always yeah. this thing where like somebody is currently Team Canada. So um, and but everything else is pretty much you represent a province or territory. So in like the Scotty Tournament of Hearts, every province uh, is represented. Plus, there's a Team Canada who are like the current Team Canada, and then okay. there are like typically three wild cards. So I think this year there was a team from. Um, East St. Paul, there was a team from Regina and a team from Ottawa um, who were also in the mix. Yeah, and, and kind of at some point, whoever wins the tournament and goes on to become Team Canada is also Team Canada in these like other tournaments around um, uh, throughout the year, which is like kind of fun. Yeah. It's also a fascinating thing because each uh, event within the Olympics more broadly has a quota for a number of athletes or a number of teams. And that's decided on by the governing body of that sport. So like FIS handles it for all skiing related things. um, And the international hockey federation handles it for hockey. And they determine like what standard you have to meet to qualify from a country, but who actually gets to go for that country is decided on by your national body. So you see some things like happened in the U S the mixed doubles curling, the spot into Beijing was earned by a team 
Um, but they still then had to go to national trials to be the team. You see that in figure skating as well, where mm-hmm. um, it's happened before, where like the ice dance or the pairs team that does well enough at world championships to guarantee an extra spot for Canada or the USA, then doesn't qualify to fill that spot in the Olympics. So the internal kind of machinations of uh, how you get to represent your country and how many spots there are, uh, are wild. And also for me, just as fascinating to follow as the ultimate sport. Right. And I think we've seen this year uh, another like kind of wrinkle to it all is uh, with the Olympics being in Beijing, China gets a guaranteed spot in Mm -hmm. every event. Right. And so they have invested a lot of money into sports that they previously haven't before. And you're also seeing a few instances of um, people who, uh, in particular, I can think of a couple examples who were born in the United States, but have Chinese citizenship who are now competing for China. And that's not unheard of, but it's a little bit more common this go round. Um, and there's a couple of examples of that, both on the good side and the bad side, where um, athletes who were born or grew up in the U.S. are now competing for China and either being beloved, uh, like Eileen Gu, who's a big air half pipe slope style uh, freestyle skier. Um, and on the flip side, Shu, uh, who is one of the uh, women's figure skaters, uh, is being roasted on social media because she didn't perform well in the first event. So it it, it does cut both mm-hmm. ways uh, when you start to, you know, uh, represent a country. Uh, people can love you and people yeah. can hate you. And it's really tough. I knew that there was some of that happening in um, ice hockey and on the women's ice hockey team, the Chinese team. They have... Um, um, some Canadian uh, players who have dual citizenship. Uh, so people playing, which makes sense. Uh, I think it's always cool. There's a, in the world baseball classic, there's a lot of that where like people will play for other countries where they have like dual citizenship. I always think it's like fun. Uh, it's interesting. Um, um, all right. Yeah. Speaking of hockey though, I mean, I, yeah. if I could transition off of curling, yeah. I think the other big thing you definitely want to watch is ice hockey. I think uh, in particular, the women's tournament, the grudge match between USA and Canada, um, I believe they're playing their round robin game tonight um, uh, or Mm -hmm. or, uh, I think at some point, uh, which is basically uh, most likely a preview for the gold medal game. But I don't want to I'm not going to like for sure say that. But I think between the two, I know that uh, the USA won a game 11 to one the other day. Canada's played two games so far and and has scored 22 goals. Um, So they're kind of favorites, I would say. Yeah, definitely. On the on the the women's side, I think those two teams are the class of the field. Um, There's a really interesting storyline that just happened yesterday uh, around COVID. So we haven't really talked about COVID that much. uh, But, you know, this is happening six months after the Tokyo Olympics. But the big difference between the Tokyo Summer Olympics and this one is Omicron and Mm -hmm. the the huge resurgence of infection and asymptomatic infection. Um, And we've seen a lot of athletes who uh, have tested positive for COVID. I just found out before we started recording that Vincent Zhao, uh, an American figure skater, um, who was an outside medals contender, uh, tested positive and isn't going to be able to compete in the individual event. That came to bear with Canada's hockey game last night against ROC, against the Russian Olympic Committee, uh, where I guess Russia's uh, test results did not come back quickly enough. And so Canada wouldn't take the ice. And the game got delayed for over an hour until they eventually came up with a compromise where both teams took the ice and played in 
N95 masks. Oh, really? It, I didn't know that. Olympic that. level hockey uh, wearing yeah. N95 masks. Wow. It was that, fascinating. It was interesting. It, it's interesting. I guess the deal was that um, Canada said we don't feel comfortable competing without the results uh, of the tests coming back. Uh, and Russia said, well, we can't do anything about it. They said, well, can you wear masks? And Russia said, we will wear masks if you wear masks. Seemed fair. And so they took the ice and played the game. Um, I know that there was there's controversy over not controversy. I mean, um, I think it ultimately is the right uh, choice. Uh, the NHL decided that uh, for the men's tournament, they were not sending NHL players uh, to the Olympics. So uh, that has kind of drastically affected, you know, the teams that some of, uh, you know, specifically Canada, the United States, as well as, long as other uh, countries who have uh, many athletes sort of have changed the dynamic of their, of their teams. Um, I always kind, I know that obviously like NHL players, you know, if you're the best athlete in, you know, in the world at your sport to go and represent your country is a pretty cool thing. I always kind of love that. It's like not the NHL uh uh, players and I kind of love when like um you know I think I saw like Dion Phaneuf I think is on the Canadian team because uh, he has he's not currently on a team and so he like yeah I'll go play at the Olympics and I always think that's kind of fun I don't know I don't know if you um you know would rather would you be more interested in watching the Olympic ice hockey if you know at least on the men's side if it was these NHL players or whether it's kind of more fun that like it's whoever else is uh, available yeah well it's it's complicated because I feel like you know, in equating it to soccer, mm-hmm. I know that obviously the World Cup happens at a time where no other club sports are happening. No other club yep. games are going on. Whereas these um, continental ones like the African Cup of Nations, Asian Cup of Nations, they happen during the season and there are international breaks put aside for them. But then some of them just don't get scheduled around them or get scheduled later, especially right now. We're in this position where, you know, you've got your World Cup qualifiers and these Cup of Nations stuff going on. I think they should be able to play, right? Because ultimately, mm-hmm. these are people from, from your countries who are playing the game at the highest possible level. And they should be allowed to represent that country when they can because, I don't know, I, to me, that should come first, especially because there's not many opportunities for that, whereas the club level or the NHL, like that will happen every year regardless. And it is a deeper roster with hockey, right? So I feel like, you know, you can bring someone in from your third line over to the first line for a couple of games, maybe. But, you know, I, I guess it might depend on the team as well. And if they're doing well, should they be like, should they be able to enforce them to stay? Or if they're doing poor, should they be enforced to stay because they need them? I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting that it's all at the same time. I know that like if you're, it was like, you know, you put it right around the um, the all-star break. Um, you mm. know, the Olympics are two weeks of the year. You know, I know that these teams, they even talk about like capitalism. They're like have investments um, in these players. And certainly I can understand this year, certainly it being like, you know, it is COVID. There's COVID. Uh, it's a risk to send your players to go play. But um, yeah, there also is something really fun about like, yes, yeah, they're the best players in the world. Let them go, you know, play. It's uh, once every four years, you know, like Trey, how many, t- like, what is um i think we were talking in the post recaps discord one day about like um there's some athletes who are like going to be in their fifth olympics which is like that's a lot that's a lot of olympics for one athlete because of how uh the time in between each uh, olympics yeah i mean okay so john schuster uh, as mentioned before the skip of the the u.s men's curling team fifth olympics uh lindsey jacobalis who uh, is a snowboarder uh famed for uh doing a uh, a method air uh, where she had a gold medal locked up and then face planting and having to settle for a silver 
metal right. uh, in a race. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was another, I think, one of the skeleton um, uh, racers is a fifth time Olympian for the U.S. Yeah, I mean, the, these people, the, the, you you talked about this a little bit, um, uh, when, you know, when you talk about tennis, but athletes are staying in peak shape later and later uh, mm-hmm. in their lives. Uh, the quality of advancement in uh, in sports performance and sports medicine is absolutely remarkable. Tom Brady just retired, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, that was um, great. He retired immediately after we finished recording last week. So that was great. That was a great time. Right, so, Tom, you can let us know. Give me the scoop. Tom. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to get in. You got to get, you know, your, your watch announcements. Yeah. You get you, you get your inside <laughs> scoops for the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, you're seeing these Olympians who are staying in peak performance uh, and qualifying for a fourth and fifth Olympics. It's wild. You know, something like curling or in the summer side, something like sailing where it doesn't take as huge of a toll in your body um, or equestrian. You've seen equ- Olympic equestrians all the way up to their 70s. Yeah. What horse um, has had the most Olympics? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Don't get me talking about horses and Olympics because we do not have time for that. When are uh, we what's happening get, when with are the we modern pentathlon is a travesty. When are we going to get horses on skates? That's what uh, oh, boy, never. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> I, I will say this is that, that brings up a good, good maybe uh, transition, which is uh, new sports. I'm always on like the, the yeah. hunt for like the hot new sport. Uh-huh. And in uh, in the summer Olympics, we got surfing, we got skateboarding, yeah. we got karate. Uh, look forward in a future summer Olympics to break dancing as an Olympic that sport. It is coming, right? Like for real. It's like, coming. Yeah, it's <laughs> real coming. Yeah. I cannot believe it. Yeah, it Very sounds cool. like a joke, but it's for real coming. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, in in the Winter Olympics, uh, not as much on the new stuff. We don't have any new disciplines necessarily, uh, any new big sports, uh, but we definitely have some new events. I think the most interesting of them is the women's monobob, which is bobsled or bobsleigh. Uh, singular bobsled. Yep, that's yeah. it. Just you and your lonesome going down the track. And I think the thing a lot of people don't know about bobsleigh is that uh, really it all just comes down to the pilot. It all comes down to the person steering. Like you just get three more people behind you who are track stars and can push. That's not what cool running is, Tommy. It's a whole team <laughs> yeah. effort. <laughs> you need a lucky egg. You, yeah. need a, you need someone who's funny. Like you need this whole formula. Didn't Jamaica make it? They did. They did. So four man bobsled. Definitely. I would say that's a can't miss at least to like relive your cool running streams. Yeah. So is, so is Bob mono Bob, like the luge, but with the, with the bobsled itself, instead of the, what do you call it? Is like the little sled for the luge? Yeah. The luge. It's it's actually called the luge. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, pretty much. So, so this is, you know, the Olympics has this interesting thing with gender parity where, again, sports are just sports, but uh, things also matter. And the IOC has been called to task for the fact that uh, more medals are given out. There, there are events that are not open to women uh, more. Uh, I think right now it's like 55 percent. They've gotten it down to 55 percent of athletes are male compared to 45 percent female. And I know at least one non-binary athlete. Um, but. Uh, they're trying to introduce new sports that will like help with that or new events. Um, but like, this is just an, an example. The mono Bob is only a women's event, one female uh, pushing uh, and riding the sled down by her lonesome. Uh, the other women's event is the two, uh, the two person bobsled. Whereas on the men's side, they don't have the mono Bob. 
they have the two person and the four man. So it's like this weird, like it's balanced, but it's not equal. What about this? Uh, I, I found out about the sport through the uh, New York times, mini crossword. There's a new event called big air. What's big. What's, what's big air. Try. Uh, okay. Big air. I watched the qualifying for that last night. Uh, they're actually holding the event near a power plant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so it sets up these yeah. amazing images, which depending on your perspective is either like awful. Like why are they hosting this near what might be a nuclear power plant with like cooling towers behind them? Or in my opinion, like fascinating, right? If someone yeah. like flipping and doing, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of twists in front of a cooling tower with the Olympic logo on it. Um, big air is, is really simple. Uh, you go down a really steep slope, uh, you go up a really steep slope, and while you're in the air, you do cool tricks, twisting your body and grabbing your board, and then you hopefully land and don't die. One big jump. That's it. That's, That's big air. Oh, because in previous, it's like there is stuff like this, but it's been multiple, multiple like uh, tricks you do. Yes. So like the, the free, you know, this is where the Olympics have started getting into the X games of it all. Mm -hmm. Right. They, they need to appeal to like a younger demographic. So it's like, let's find the sports that the young people want to do. And so that's where they've introduced this like slope style, which is like go down and like do cool tricks on like rails and jumps. Um, uh, which is like just judged on creativity and execution. They have the um, uh, half pipe, which like Sean White is most known for. You just go back down, you know, up and down and up and down um, uh, a half pipe uh, that kind of heads down into the valley. And then big air is like this one big jump. Um, it's right. kind of similar to there's a longstanding uh, event called aerials uh, where it is one big jump, but it's different. I don't know. Ariel was on the pod a few weeks ago. He talked about tennis. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, they're, they're very similar events, um, but one falls under the kind of like X games, like, you know, do a whole bunch of twists and flips. And, and it's the yeah. same people who are competing in like the slope style. Right. And then the other is like traditional. I don't get it. I'll be honest. I don't get it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, what I'm seeing a lot of uh, athletes think it's good. Cause like, um, Rather than it needing to be like in mounds where you need like a you know full slope, you could just set up a big ramp. So you know, it says it looks like it's uh, it was done at Fenway Park. There was like a big air event. I don't know. This seems yeah, cool. it's got All that right. kind of like Red Bull energy to it. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, men's and women's big air skiing that was added this year. Um, they've also added a couple of mixed team events. So the Olympics have gotten really big in the like gender mix uh, teams. So they have a mixed team re- uh, relay in short track speed skating, a mixed team ski jump that I think is happening right now, um, and a mixed team snowboard cross, and then mixed team aerials, uh, okay. uh, which was the thing kind of similar to big air. All right. I think we have time to go like one more, you know, where should we go sort of uh, to kick things off? Either something you're excited about, something you think people are listening might be excited about if they're not, um, you know, uh, watching as much as you seem to be. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to rapid fire then if if we have time for uh, uh, my one more would be uh, people will always talk about the Alpine skiing of it all. And the like downhill, the Michaela Schifrin and that kind of stuff. That's cool. That's classic, whatever. That's last year's news. No, this year you want to do like cross country skiing. Like you want to watch the cross country skiing and the biathlon. So cross country skiing, like most of it's pretty boring for most people, but the event I would absolutely tell you to find is the sprint. The cross-country skiing sprint okay. where it's like a series of heats 
and they go as quickly as possible. These are athletes who like, you know, run marathons and it's like, oh, here you have five minutes to pass people uh, in a very tight track. Cross-country skiing sprints. It's one of the greatest uh, gold medal chances for the U.S. on the women's side. Big fan of that. Also, I have a big question, Troy. I was watching. Uh-oh. I was watching some uh, cross country. I was watching. I think it was the thirty kilometers scathlon today. Uh-huh. And it was like, what's great about this event is that the first half is like traditional, and then the second half is like freestyle. And I was like, I didn't know there were multiple ways to cross country ski. Like I can cross country ski poorly. I didn't know that there's like multiple ways to do it. Can you explain that? What is it when they're like? There's two different ways in which can you just like you're not allowed to ski. You have to everybody has to ski in a certain way in the first half of this one, this yep. one race. Yep. Yeah. So it's similar to swimming in that, like, yeah, we all know the fastest way to swim is freestyle, right? Is the crawl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and similarly, the fastest way to cross country ski is the skate style where your 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 skis are kind of in a V pattern uh-huh. and you're pushing off. Um, but there's a lot of people who like the tradition of the Nordic track style where it's, you know, the classic, your skis are going one in front of like, you know, they're pushing right. one in front of the other. Right. Um, and so they have established that like some of the events are Nordic uh, uh, traditional cross country and some of them are free skate. What's wild is it alternates every year. So whereas oh. in the last Olympics, the sprint races were the skate style, this Olympics, they're going to be the classic style. Uh, so there's rules about like basically what form you have to use in order for it to be fair. And it creates some advantage for some teams and disadvantage for others. I just said they were like the first half, you have to ski this way. And then the second half, you can ski however you want. <laughs> like, okay, no, it yeah, even right. goes deeper than that. Like that, that's that one event. But like was in cross country right? skiing, it's like, yeah, that's the skiathlon. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in cross country skiing, no, it's like for this year, everyone who's doing this particular type of event has to do classic. And the next year, y'all can do free skate. But next year or every Olympics? It's both. It's like every year, alternates every year on the World Cup circuit and every year at the Olympics. And they align it to where, you know, oh, it's not. This is, yeah, this is what we're saying, though. If you're wild. like an athlete who like only, like if your prime of your career is only like one time in your life and you get the rough, you're like, I'm only good at freestyle. Yes. <laughs> like, one of the yeah. most iconic moments uh, for last Olympics was Jesse Diggins and Keegan Randall for the USA winning the first ever gold medal uh, for the women's cross country skiing for the US. Uh, the only reason they did that is because it was a freestyle that that wow. year. Okay. You run that event this year as a classic, they will not win. Uh, so you actually have like, you know, you could have the LeBron of your generation at this particular format who like if she or he comes along or they come along and it's like a different format the year where they're at their peak, tough cookies. Oh, yeah. What if you're the LeBron James of cross country skiing? You don't know it. You just haven't tried it yet. I mean, that would be nice. That would I be mean, good, that's right? a great accolade. I don't know if there's big to. money in cross-country no there's no yeah. like big money moves <laughs> commercials endorsements it's just what you if you made it big though? what if you made a big? what if you like you were yeah you're the lebron what if i put it on the map team. yeah you're yeah. like on the shreddy's box yeah that'd be great i mean i'll um, take that it's a good uh, life Try you have a game for us, but I do think we should we should quickly um because what I like to do is make people say things on the pod that will be wrong in a few weeks. So yeah. um at the end of the Olympics, who has the most medals? I think we should all we should draft uh who so we can't pick the same the same team. Um I think Puya, you should pick first. Who's gonna have the most medals at the end of the most Olympics? like either bronze, silver, gold, yeah, gold any medal. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. You want the I'm current go standings? With the, um 
I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Canada. I'm gonna back Canada. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, Troy, what do you what do you think? Actually, you're the I, expert. I feel like should I, I should next? go last because yeah. I, you know, you get you should get the advantage because I'm deep into it. Well, the Russian Olympic Committee is. I think they're in the lead currently. But let me um, let me strike out of the box. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Sweden. Sweden can get the most medals this year. Yeah, yeah. Sweden's Sweden's a good pick. Um, I I have to go with Norway. Uh, Norway okay. has traditionally won a boatload of medals, and there's a ton of events. I'm going to use this opportunity to plug biathlon, which is uh-huh. my favorite discipline: cross country skiing and precision shooting. If you have more questions about it, ask me uh, in Discord or wherever, because I will talk about it endlessly. Me and Akiva Winokur, big biathlon fan. Tom Fratz, I see, is a big uh, biathlon fan. Is he not? Like yeah. yeah, but Norway, Norway is going to rake in some medals for sure. They currently have four. Russian Olympic has seven. Sweden has three. Canada has six. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Troy, you have a game for us. I do. I do have a game for you. Um, it is uh, inspired a little bit by the big fat quiz of the year. Uh, one of my favorite British uh, traditions um, uh, around the holidays. Uh, this is going to be the big fat Olympic quiz. I love it. Uh, where I have a few questions for you, uh, Grace and Puya. You all are going to work together yes. as okay. the, uh, this is going to be a mixed team event, just yes, like the Olympic right. clubs. That's right. Uh, Lovely. And you're going to try and sort out uh, the answers to these questions. Okay. Pretty simple. It's going to be a mix of like true, false, multiple choice. Here we go. Question number one. Uh, What are the colors of the Olympic rings in order? Troy taught me this the other day. taught me the acronym, but I can't remember what the acronym is, but it's something (laughs) like, and the one thing I remember from the acronym is the middle word is no, because the K stands for black on printers or something so it's like is it blue yellow black green red is it green Puya? is green is green in there yeah green i think green is in there yeah yeah yeah. um so you're saying so is it before um, you know this is troy taught me an acronym the other day to remember the names before you know um i could just make it up now um Acronyms don't work if you just make them upgrades. Before you know, go read. <laughs> that would be uh, blue, yellow, black, green, red. And I, I think those are the yeah. So that your final answer. What in what or like order are they? So when you're saying blue, oh, yellow, black, green, the, red, uh, yellow. The way oh. Troy taught me the acronym is that you could also remember the order. Um, and it is, <laughs> yeah. it is like blue. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's maybe not before, but it's something, you know, but is the order yeah. up, down, uh, like one down, da- like one, yeah, up, yeah. one I'll down, say in one connectedness because yeah, each like, one's connected as, to... as most left to right as you could get. Right. Okay. Um, I think, it's, I mean, I'll back you on it. I wouldn't know better. Blue, yellow, black, green, red. I'm that sure. is Correct. Uh, well <laughs> done. Uh, Had a good yeah. teacher. The mnemonic <laughs> to remember <laughs> yeah. uh, for those is bet you know great rings. Right. I right. bet you know great rings. Uh, and with the K being black, because you can't have two blue. You know, you can't have two Bs in there. That's confusing. What is the uh, black? What? Why is it K? What, uh, someone explain this to me. Uh, day, just because uh, it's a unique letter in there, but also the K stands for key, uh, key on a printer. That's why you have like CMYK in printing. Um, right. 
Yeah, because that's usually black. But that's my mnemonic. Bet, bet you know great rings. Even as a huge Olympics fan, I've been to the Olympics Museum in Lausanne, Switzerland. And I could never remember the ring colors until I came up with something. So, Very good. Bet you know great rings. Uh, there you go. Okay, point. Uh, one point for you all. A, yep. a medal is on the line. I should have said this. Oh, yeah. Uh, here we go. Next question. Uh, following World War One, starting in 1920, Releasing doves as a symbol of peace became a regular part of the opening ceremonies of the Olympics until it stopped after 1988. Why did it stop? The doves finally died, right? Booyah? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty <laughs> Do much they it. Live long? <laughs> 60 years, 60 year old doves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why would they end it in 1988? Did something happen in 1988? Um, I don't know. Do you have any idea? I have no idea. No, I genuinely am clueless. Like, we are going to lose a point on this one. <laughs> um, why would they stop releasing deaths? Uh, that's around the time of, like, the Berlin Wall falling. Does that have any... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Why did they stop? Housing doves? doves was an expensive expense that they didn't want to have. Yeah, just was it PETA was like, can't, can't. Have Ooh, that's a good. Let's go with that. I think that's a good answer. Yeah, PETA uh, complaint. Okay, final answer is PETA. Um, <laughs> I am going to give you a half point. Oh, because it does have to do with animal safety. Oh, no. Uh, and the answer is that the doves died. You, oh, <laughs> you are correct. In the 1988 Olympics at Seoul, uh, the doves were released and then uh, uh, perched on the Olympic cauldron. Uh, that <gasps> was... No way. They died. They, they, they lit they, on fire. They got roasted. Oh, <laughs> so bad. I shouldn't laugh. Oh, but... my God. <laughs> So they had to find ways to incorporate the symbol of doves in like various ways. They've had like paper doves and like projections of a dove, but no more live doves. You know why I've never heard that story? Immediately the Olympics organizers like look to each other and they're like, nobody can ever know of this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's on the Wikipedia page, so you can look it up, folks. There you go. Incredible. Now you know when doves cry. So we were right. The doves the doves died. The doves, Just the not doves that they were died. the same doves from 19. 19- <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, here's a here's a shorter one. Uh, true or false? Beijing is the first city to host both the Summer and Winter Olympics. The Ooh. first ever. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of the ones that have hosted the events while I've been around. Yeah, the first Olympics I remember is like is Sydney. And then Salt Lake City, another of those would have posted. No, there's those. not been a summer uh, one in Vancouver. You know, I think this this makes sense. Beijing makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. And if it's it's if it's anything else, you know, it predates us, so we'll we'll deal with it. Okay, all right. I, I we'll say true. Yeah. Uh, so your answer is true. Yeah. That is correct wow uh, you get another point you're one step closer to your gold medal here when did uh, the yeah. winter olympics start i was gonna, I was gonna guess that they oh yeah end up both in athens um, uh no they did not both start in athens uh the the uh, first olympics uh modern olympics was in 1896 uh at athens but the first winter olympics didn't start until chamonix which i think is like 
1924. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, 1924 was Chamonix okay. uh, in France. So they were a late edition. Um, there were some, gosh, I seem to remember, I think there were some winter events that were held before they split off. And right. until the mid nineties, uh, the winter and summer Olympics were held in the same year. And then they realized oh. that's probably a bad idea. That's probably just too many eggs in one basket. I do feel like this year people are like, didn't we just have the Olympics? There's a little bit of that. This oh, year. for sure. But that's only because yeah. Tokyo got, you know, moved a year yeah, uh, for sure. because of COVID. But yeah, there you go. Uh, Beijing first to, to host. There's been little things where like uh, they've had events in cities where it's like, you know, the, the soccer tournament is played in like seven different cities and not the host right. city. Right. But first time. Um, okay. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, here we go. I'm going to give you four names of possible winter Olympians and, uh, what they're competing in. You are going to tell me which is not true, which is a made up name. Okay. Okay. Number one, Shinky connect a Dutch speed skater. Mm -hmm. Number two, Babatunde Oshinowo, a Nigerian cross country skier. Number three, Fanny Smith, a Swiss freestyle skier. Or number four, Hammy McMillan Jr., a British curler. Hammy McMillan. I got to take the first two off the board because I don't think Troy would make those up. I think it's got to be Fanny or Hammy McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think if Troy comes on here and he's like, Bubba Tunda, and they're like, uh, I made that one up. I don't think he's making those ones up. Sorry, right. What is the first one? Shinky. Pinky Connect, Connect. Dutch speed skater. Oh, maybe, maybe the Dutch. And then Baba Tunde, uh, Oshinowo. Fanny mm. Smith and Hammy. <laughs> the third, did you say? Wait, what did you say? Uh, it was a Shinky, Baba Tunde, Fanny, or Hammy. What's Hammy's full name? Uh, Hammy is Hammy McMillan Jr., a Junior. British curler. Hammy's child is Hammy the third. Um, what do you think? I don't know. I don't think Baba Tunde. I don't think. Um, yeah, I feel like, no, I, I think we take the second option off the board here. Isn't Baba Tunde? Um, that's a, there's a wrestler. Isn't there a wrestler named Baba Tunde? I think there is. Uh, anyway. Uh, Shinky like, Connect, Fanny Smith, or Hammy McMillan Jr. I don't think Troy goes, I'm really overthinking him. I don't think he makes a junior. That would be next level. Is there okay? Have I ever heard of anyone have the junior as part of their Olympic name? I'm sure there are. I'm sure. I'm sure there are juniors. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Fanny Smith is where I'm leaning, but it also feels too generic. You know, like for Troy to make up Fanny Smith is maybe too what generic. What was what was Fanny <laughs> Smith's sport? Uh, Fanny Smith is a Swiss freestyle skier. I can't. I don't know. What if, really what got if you I feel what if we eliminated the only option off the board immediately because we're like Troy wouldn't do this. True, true. You know what? I feel the best about being like Cammy McMillan is a fake name, and if we're wrong, I feel the best about that. <laughs> okay, let's go with it. I'll, you lead the way for this. One. Okay, Hammy McMillan Jr. is fake. Hammy McMillan Jr. is the fake name of the four. You say. <gasps> 
That is incorrect. Oh, uh, Hammy is, in fact, uh, on the British curling team. Uh, he might be Scottish. That tends to be a thing. A lot of the, yeah, but I haven't yeah. looked this up. Um, uh, Fanny Smith, also actually a Swiss freestyle skier. Uh, and uh, Shinky Connect is a silver medalist. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I did throw you off with the Babatunde of it all. Uh, so Babatunde Oshinoa was a football player on Stanford's football team. So it is a real name. He's a real guy. He's a great guy. Um, but uh, he was not a Nigerian cross-country skier. That's it. Wait, what Thank- was Babatunde? He was what? He was a football player on my yeah, college he's, football he's team. He's now a wrestler in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the exact the same guy. Yes, it's the same guy. He's he's a uh, yeah. He's the same guy. What? Yeah, that's unfair. It's incredible. Yeah, he like played professionally. He played in the NFL and everything. He's like, a Polish Nigerian professional wrestler and former football player yeah he manages apollo cruz that's so annoying <laughs> okay no i think this is this got to be a different person this is a different person my my guy what? played in the nfl i don't think he's a wrestler yes he played on the minnesota vikings this guy <laughs> <laughs> this is wild um okay anyway uh yeah uh th- this neither baba tunde uh if there are in fact two uh is a nigerian cross-country okay. skier but nigeria does have a cross-country skier on their team uh okay. so th- there are one athlete is cross country skier so there's some some uh, fact and truth in that okay. um uh <laughs> this is a different babatunde i'm looking at the wikipedia okay. article all right uh babatunde oshinowo former nfl player um okay i uh uh here we go i'll i'll ask maybe one more question okay um i think this is a yeah this is a good one um we talked about the sport of luge, uh, wherein a madman or a mad woman gets on a sled and goes down an ice track. Yeah, John Draper, or yeah, yeah, like Peggy no Wilson. breaks, mm-hmm. no breaks. Um, mm-hmm. Here's my question: uh, Where does the name of the sport luge come from? Is it a from the onomatopoeic sound it makes as the sled goes down the track. Mm-hmm. B, it is a Swiss word used for a small sled. C, it is named after Philippe, the Viscount de Luge, a French noble member in the 19th century who was an early proprietor of the sport. Yeah. Or D, it was won in a naming contest at the San Moritz Spa Resort. I was pretty sure Jim Carrey invented. He was like, "You are a luge." <laughs> so bad. It's a really That's bad joke. So bad. <laughs> that is a '90s Jim Carrey reference on the sports half of this. <laughs> there we go. Lisa's um, out. Well, unless you were planting a lie early to catch us with this question now isn't it b isn't it just the name of the sled is luge oh he said it well no yeah. he said he said that the, the the thing that they go down is a luge so yeah that makes sense so it's yeah just well, for sleds. Yeah, yeah right because like that's called the luge so then that's why this event's called the luge i think that makes sense Troy yeah. gave us the answer because right? what came first the sport or the the equipment you know and i feel like the equipment would have had to come first yeah, well, that that's makes the question, me. isn't it? Well, yeah. uh, uh, Troy is uh, giving us a game of Big Fat Quiz of the Year, which is hosted by Jimmy Carr, who also hosts a new show called I Literally Just Told You. So perhaps <laughs> yeah. Troy literally just told us. Crossover right there. Yeah. 
Okay, is that your final answer? Is the the Swiss term for a small sled? Yeah. That is correct. Well done. Uh, Well remembered. Well intuited. Um, Yes, uh, I don't think it makes the sound of going down. (laughs) Uh, And as much as I would love for the Viscount de Luge to be a thing, uh, sadly, Philippe, I just made him up. Uh, Troy, we yeah. play a lot of D and D together. I feel like Philippe Deluge making an appearance <laughs> at some point is certainly for sure, a possibility. For sure. uh-huh. Yeah. So I would consider this. Uh, I would consider this a silver medal performance. Okay. Not not quite a gold. We didn't get all the questions right. You got Baba Tunde, but uh, I would say well done earning your silver medal uh, right. and uh, learning a few things about the Olympics. Okay, amazing. When are we going to do the podcast Olympics? This sounds fun. We'll host that at some point. Oh, God. Um, what would the events be? I mean, that's really the question. Good ad read. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This could be, we could come up with stuff. Send in your suggestions. Um, all right. That's our Olympics coverage. Thanks so much, Troy. That was great. Of course. Uh, if you are ever looking for more people to talk to about the Olympics or get more in depth about uh, uh, random sports we didn't even get to talk about, like uh, skeleton or ski jumping and, and all of that, uh, just uh, find me and chat me up. Troy, are you, uh, are you doing an Olympics podcast? I'm not. I don't okay. think I thought right. about it. Yeah, no problem. It's a, it's a big pull. You know, here's yeah. here's my take. I did one four years ago during uh, Pyeongchang. And the what really throws me off is the time difference. Yeah. It's like everything being in East Asia uh, for the last couple of Olympics. It's It's been like, is it today or is it tomorrow? And yeah. I can't keep track of the days yeah. anymore. But, you know, maybe by uh, 2024, when we get to Paris, France Paris, for yeah. the next Summer Olympics, uh, that might be a reasonable time for me to pick back up the podcast. Okay. Amazing. Um, that's your Olympics covered. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to switch to, um, I don't know, Pia, is it blasphemous for me to say soccer on this podcast? So I'd be saying football. That's um, right. I mean, you should, I, the thing is, I would say that, but also I know it'll make everything confusing, especially when we're a week away from the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. So I'm okay with us calling it soccer. 
All right. We're going to talk about soccer. Um, a, a few things we wanted to touch on um, yesterday uh, as we're airing this uh, on Sunday, February 6th. It was um, the Africa Cup of Nations the final. Um, Senegal beat Egypt. It was a 0-0 game heading into uh, penalties and um, Senegal pulled out the victory uh, 4-2. to um, Very fun game. I thought there was like, you know, this is a thing of, uh, I think some people when we're like talking about uh, soccer or, you know, football. They're like, yeah, it's really exciting. It was a 0-0 game. Then it went down to penalties, but it was really exciting. There was like lots of fun chances. Um, personally, I'm a Liverpool fan. Each of the teams had a Liverpool star, Sadio Mane and uh, Mohamed Salah on each team. And uh, Mane scored that um, that uh, winning penalty kick. Um, uh, interestingly, he had he had got a penalty earlier in the game. Um, yep. Senegal did and he missed uh, Salah had went and like he likes to go he likes to go this way uh, and so it was blocked earlier in the game so he makes up for it with the game winning goal but I thought really fun game uh, yeah what's interesting about that is obviously you mentioned their their teammates on opposing teams yeah. here yeah um, but also the Egypt decided to do something that some teams do which I disagree with and they put their play, their best player, Mo Salah, they put him as the last penalty take kicker, yes. which is fine if you get to do all five penalties because there gets to a point where if you're mathematically eliminated, you're mathematically eliminated. So he didn't even get a chance to shoot it because I they couldn't put him believe this. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe that I didn't get to watch the Mo Salah take a penalty. He's he is the he's the penalty kicker for Liverpool and he didn't even get to take a shot. Yep, they decided not to do that. Um, instead, giving a couple people ahead of him the spot, and hey, two of them missed, and that's what caused the, the loss here. Yeah. Um, interestingly, like Senegal and Egypt are the two teams that lost like the last two finals in 2019. Algeria beat Senegal one nothing in the finals uh, in 2017. Cameroon beat Egypt. So kind of fun here to like those two teams who had both lost uh, previous finals get to match up against each other, and uh, okay. yeah, Senegal pulls out the win. Yeah, Can I and, interject um, here as like yeah. a total uh, yeah. soccer football casual and just say like you, you've made a like reasonable case for how a zero zero game can be exciting. Yeah. But like, can can you just like maybe for the like listener who's like not convinced yet, like what is it about a low scoring game that can still be exciting? How does that? How is that fun? Like, what? what okay. help, 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 help me wrap my head around it. Okay, so there's a I'm, couple. I'm not ways. yucking a yum. I'm I'm learning. You got it. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple ways this goes. Okay. Firstly, any sport, you know, whether it be basketball or American football, there are a lot of timeouts and a lot of commercials and a mm-hmm. lot of breaks, which drag the game on. Hundred percent. Football is two 45 minute halves with a 15 minute halftime in between. Every now and then, there's like two, three minutes added for extra time if there's been an injury or something happening in the game. So you're pretty much getting nonstop game all the way through. If mm-hmm. it's two strong game uh, teams, there is often a lot of attack, a lot of counterattack, and the pace of the game will be relatively quick. So even if there's not a big scoreline, there is a lot of close moments. And because the game is nil-nil, you're looking at it and, and you might see, well, like nothing happened. No, the game is literally neck and neck. It's literally yeah. close. It's like a 78 and 78 in basketball or a, you know, 17, 17 in, in football going into an overtime situation. It's a nail biter, regardless of what the scoreline may say. It, zero, zero doesn't look appealing, mm-hmm. but it's literally as close as it can get, especially if the game is exciting. Now, I'm not saying all games like that are fun. No, there have been zero zero games that are just painful to watch and and are not great. 
But when it's two good teams, you can get a good, good game out of it. I think especially mm. with like something on the line, like there are like um, I was saying earlier, we'll talk about like the Premier League of it all. I love waking up on the morning, like on a weekend and like watching a game that's like starts just because of the time change, like 11 mm. o'clock. But like if it's like a game where like the two teams like aren't super invested in winning and then you're getting like a zero zero draw, that's like that is not as fun as whereas this is like this is it this is the this is the game if you you win you win the africa nations and so um you know a zero zero tie doesn't you know it's not like right off the bat it feels right there's like you know a typical game you know there might only might be you know one nothing at the half or might be two one or something you know so it's not like that different and then the second half just feels so tense because if they have been playing zero zero soccer and then one team is going to be able to score a goal. And you're like, watch these moments where like uh, Senegal had so many chances that it looked like they should have just been able to like put it away and just like the cross or, um, you know, the, the players just like just a little bit out of position. It's like, it's so like tense in these moments where like, yeah, one goal, get one goal in the net. And you probably like have a good chance of like pulling out the victory here. Cause your team has, pro- has been playing pretty good uh, defense. But like, it's very, very exciting. At least to me. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, it's not always the case. Sometimes, uh, you know, a game could drag on in that sense, but mm-hmm. this one did not. This was not mm. a boring game. This was both teams trying very, very hard to to win um, this game. It's the chance. It sounds like it was like a tug of war where mm-hmm. it's not like it all just stayed in the middle the whole time. No, right. It it's just right. like it swings back and forth. It's just that nobody has fallen over yet. There was a penalty shot. There's a, you know, in like the first four minutes of the game. Um, mm. uh, wow. the, uh, Senegal, uh, uh, or Egypt, sorry, gave up, uh, sort of hit a, did a slide tackle on the player, completely missed the ball, uh, hit the player. And so then they get that penalty shot and they stopped it, you know, like it was like very exciting from the get go, um, wow. of the game. So, yeah, I, I should know tug of war also former Olympic sport, uh, little, really? little known fact, uh, mm-hmm. wild. Okay. Well, we're done talking about Olympics, but, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. You've convinced me that a zero zero yeah. game can be interesting in, in football. So I'm, yeah. I'm down. So that's the Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, very exciting. Sonny Mane was very excited. I think he was named uh, player of the game, player of the tournament. Uh, fun game. He is a, you know, I will advocate very highly for him. He's a Liverpool uh, striker. He's very fun. He's very good. Um, mm. And so um, they pull out the the victory. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, these uh, two, um, as we're talking about uh, Sal and Mane, um, or Liverpool uh, players. This was a tournament that they left uh, the Liverpool team to go and play in this tournament um, over the course of January. And uh, I mean, European uh, soccer and football, uh, you know, across the uh, basically, um, you know, across the the ocean from North America. Um, there's a lot of different. Uh, I think one of the most fun things is that like yesterday I watched the game. It wasn't even a um, like a, a Premier League game. It was uh, called the FA Cup and they play in all these like different tournaments and whatever. And I feel like sometimes when people are interested in. Uh, football for me, I wanted to like, I just didn't know where to start with uh, football because it feels, I understand how the game of soccer works, but I didn't really understand how like the premier league worked or like how I was supposed to get into a team. I just picked a team, but yeah, you, you were saying you've been a long time soccer fan, um, but you, the premier league is your, is your thing. Who's your team in the premier league? My team has been, oh, you said Man, Man United. yeah, Man United yeah. since like I was six or seven years old. And it was, you know, I stuck with them. My, my favorite player of all time is Rio Ferdinand. He's the reason why I played center back um, growing up. So I definitely have been, you know, holding Manchester United near and dear for a long time, even though they have not been 
so nice to me the last decade. So yeah. So uh, you've been a longtime fan, but if you were to, you know, give folks who are, are not football fans, soccer fans, uh, I'm not getting into it. Uh, you know, Troy saying, uh, you know, having some interest in a zero zero game, uh, watching some <laughs> in his future. Um, what's your? I don't blame myself. Can I just say I'm sorry? It's not me, my fault. It's my parents' fault. No, I wasn't no. allowed to play soccer as a kid. Yeah. My mom didn't want to be a soccer mom, so I could play any sport but soccer. So I just never got into it. Yeah. But I'm fascinated to learn more. So please, please okay. tell me more. But Puya, what's the pitch? What's the pitch for the Premier League for soccer? Okay, so for soccer in general, uh, the pitch is the field. Uh, that was the correct. Answer. Yeah, the pitch <laughs> is the field. Okay, um, so it's there's no better time than now to pick up soccer and and you know become a fan of yep. any kind of soccer situation. Not only so we're primarily talking about the Premier League today, but there are five major leagues in the world of football. Five mm-hmm. big leagues are the League in England, which is the Premier League, La Liga, which is in Spain, um, the Italian League, the French League and the German League, the Bundesliga. So those are the five top. There's so many teams overall there. There's also the LMS, right? Which like is not, I would say, a major league, but it does also exist. There is a marriage. The MLS is also a yep. thing. And yep. that's right here in the backyard in North America as yep. well. Yep. Um, also, the uh, European clubs also have a European Championship League every, every year. Um, and the Champions League there is a lot of fun as well. So there's all that. There's that tournament guaranteed every year. Every single league is guaranteed every year. Then on top of that, this year at the end of the year in December, we have the World Cup. Yep. So all of this is going to be going down. And the difference between soccer and other sports is that every other league is very well connected through the transfer market. You can and and because these teams meet each other often in the Champions League, and so it feels a lot more fluid than like. If you're playing in the NHL, you're not, you know, linked to any other league at all. Whereas here, it yeah. feels a little bit more open ended. So you like if you play it for of, the Yankees, you're not like going to get traded to Japan. But like in right. kind of in soccer, like we just finished the transfer window, which is the midseason transfer where in January. You can make uh, deals and typically it's not trades as much as you would um, you you would sign a player like you you would pay a fee to the other team to mm-hmm. let that player come and play. And now they're on your team or they could be on loan and the loan could be returned. But yeah, it really is like, uh, you know, you might a uh, guy in Liverpool just came, for, I think, from Porto. Like, so, um, you know, they're like. You know, yeah, you really are. They are like traveling all over the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially with these big, with the big leagues, none of them feel like a step down. So they're all pretty much equal transfers. So it's not like, oh, um, this person who is like a, a big name in the NFL just suddenly got up and went to the CFL for the remainder of the year. And everyone's looking down on that of like, oh, that's a lesser level league. That's not the case here necessarily. So there is... And and also it's a a global sport. So worldwide, every you know, it is the most popular sport in the world. Soccer is. So there's always someone ready to talk about it. And living in North America, like Grace mentioned, you have the benefit of having early games that you can check out. There's afternoon games. If you follow the MLS, there's evening games. Yeah. So there's always a game if you want to check one out, you know? And I will say it seems like EPL games are easier to find on American TV than they 
ever have been before. Yeah, NBC, NBC seems to be covering it hugely. Mm-hmm. NBC paid a lot of money. Uh, this is like how Ted Lasso exists is because NBC was getting the Premier League and they um, did these stupid commercials with Jason Sudeikis. Um, like this is that's literally how Ted Lasso. Uh, Ted Lasso is a, like a show based off of a commercial, basically. Uh, because it's a big show now, too. Yeah, because they were getting the Premier League. Um, DAZN, uh, that's how I watch a lot of stuff. Um, the one thing I will say is kind of annoying. There are so many little tournaments um, that depending on sometimes stuff is really hard to find. I couldn't really find the Liverpool game. I had, I had to track it down a lot because that was what was known as like the football association cup, the FA cup game. Um, mm. so it wasn't a league game. So like the, the broadcast, they don't have the rights different. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So DAZN didn't have it. My like cable wasn't uh, didn't have it. So I had to like scour the internet for it. But um for the most part, I just think like the the nature of the way at least the Premier League is set up with. So I think the one big difference that like is typically a shock, not a shock, but like people kind of look down on it. There's no playoffs. So every game matters um, in the league. Mm. So, you know, just because your team is playing the last ranked club in the standings on the weekend doesn't mean that game isn't important. It's like if you lose, that's bad and it's bad for your record. You know, um, every game um, in the season matters. And, um, and so that does lead to some funky stuff where like, sometimes the championship is like, I think there was a, was a few seasons when Man City won, they basically won, like clinched their championship when another team lost like away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Like, like there's, yeah. So there's it like, comes down to the wire stuff. a lot of times. And yeah. you know, there's no, Oh, we're going to tank the season for a draft pick. There's no drafts no. in soccer. We should talk about you, regulation. Yeah, you have you have yeah. a youth club system that you can have. You can bring younger players, but there's no drafting, and you get relegated. Like the bottom three teams will get relegated to the second division, and that is a lot less money. They don't have the TV deals for the second division, so your your club stands to lose a lot from getting relegated. So it gets intense. Yeah. Like, so the bottom three teams in the Premier League every year. Um, whichever three teams are the lowest in the standing will get regulated down to. I always think the naming conventions are weird. You get low, you get relegated to the English Championship League. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then and then down to League One. It's like and what? To League One. Yeah, yeah. Then League Two, which is the fourth division. Fourth but I year, also yeah. think there's you know if you have a team, so say you support a team that's like lower down and not in the Premier League, um, there is like you know just because of the nature of like how much money your club is getting and stuff like that. Like there is your your team is probably less likely to be like be longer into these like some of these other tournaments and some of these other mm-hmm. stuff but also um there is a chance like you could support a team that's like starts in like the third league down and one day they're like in the premier league like there's a lot of like consistent players in the premier league like the, the teams who sort of um stick in there but because of regulation like you never know and there's some fun stuff in the fa cup i think there was um a team in the sixth league um that made it into this last they just got eliminated this last weekend and now there's a fifth place team um but like that's the stuff that happens in this uh in these leagues like this dramatic um uh you know disparity um between the teams with these like ultimate underdog stories right um it's very fun. I, I yeah. became aware of it because of uh, John Green, who's a YouTuber right. and uh, internet figure, big, big fan of AFC Wimbledon and the story of basically how that team got sold and turned into the MK Dons and a bunch of like people in the neighborhood started their own team at the very bottom league, like the eighth tier league, and have worked there all the way up to League One. Um, and that it's like now a legit professional team that is like trying to avoid relegation and, and eventually get promoted up into the championship league. And uh, that's like, that's a fascinating story uh, that like 
to imagine that suddenly the Red Sox could be a minor league team. Yeah. He's just unfathomable to yeah. baseball fans. But sure. the stakes are so high. The stakes are incredibly high as a result. Yeah. Like um, this year, Newcastle United, which is one of the older teams, one a massive team, big following in like the Jordy community. They got taken over by um, a, by some, I think it's a company in Saudi took them over, but they basically got an influx of revenue put behind them but they're also like 20th in the league right now and they have to claw their way out of relegation and they have only one month during the because in a regular season of of uh soccer you are able to make any transfers you want during off season then the season starts and by like september 1st no more transfers until january you have one month to make as many changes as you could if you were able to before it's closed and then you have to play, which is what we're going to talk about today. So Newcastle is literally bottom of the barrel have now, you know, picked up two or three pieces and have to hope that they can survive to stay in the premier league because this owner literally bought them for a buttload of money. Like just this past year, it's stakes couldn't be higher for Newcastle right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's fun too. Like there's uh, the, the last games of these seasons will, uh, will matter. I think they're in 19th place. I think Burnley is in 20th place. Yeah. Burnley, place. Burnley has two games Ooh. in hand though. They're two games right. behind. Right. Mm. Uh, but just one, one lone win for Burnley so far was Newcastle has two, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, and the, I don't know. It, it's yeah. Uh, so we just finished the transfer window. Um Typically, the January transfer window will be slower by the matter of like, you know, it's the middle of the season. So, yeah, there might be some teams who um, want to make some upgrades, but you're also trying to like upgrade your team in the middle of the season. Um, so it's a little bit slower. There's some teams that did um, a, a fair bit. Um, um, Troy, you, you, you don't have you don't have a, a team, right? You don't have I ain't one? got no team. No, I, I have like uh, I, I would say like maybe possible seeds of a team that I could build something around. OK, my, my cousin is a big Tottenham Hotspurs fan. I feel like every tweet he sends out has like hashtag C.O.Y.S. And I had to ask him what the heck that meant. Um, and then you know what it means now. Come, come on, you Spurs. Is that right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, that's a thing. Uh, I got that one right. Uh, points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then my like one of my sister's best friends lives in an apartment complex that's the old Arsenal Stadium. Oh, and uh, and like their stop is the Arsenal stop. So I'm like a little bit like well, maybe if I had to pick a team, it might be one of those. Whoa. Just I a heads like I gotta up. play the field, right? Yeah, you you play. Play. If you pick one of those teams, the other friend will be mad because those yeah. are two rival teams. <laughs> yeah. okay. Big rival teams. Yeah. Okay. So this is like this is Yankees Red Sox. This is like okay. <laughs> so when I when I was um when I thought about like, okay, I wanna, you know, pick a team, I'm gonna watch and and to me, that's how I got into soccer. I will say I'm like pretty, you know, the the rest of the league, I'm pretty like, I kind of know what's happening, but do I know like the ins and outs over? team no i follow liverpool i watch every liverpool game and so i feel like i know that team pretty well and everything else is like kind of you know i might know it i might not know it um but that's how i got into it because i figured like that was an easy way to like rather than needing to know everything and it's a pretty typical like sports thing is like who's your team um so when i picked liverpool, who's your team I, that's that's in the who's your team yeah i i feel like i got what i did was i looked for a team that had not won 
in a in a little bit. And so Liverpool had not won. Um, say the Premier League. The Premier League is as a concept is actually kind of new, but in terms of like winning the first like the top league in English soccer. They had not won in a very long time. And I have some friends from Liverpool and the Beatles are from Liverpool. So I was like, okay, that's the team I'm going to pick. I got super lucky within like three years of, of me picking them. They won the world. Uh, they were the best team in the world. They were the best team in Europe and they were the best team in England. So yeah, I've had a, I've had a good run. <laughs> I, I have a good run. Um, but uh, so I don't know if I can help you become that lucky, Troy, in terms of like picking someone. But for me, that was like, I, I didn't want to feel like I was jumping on a bandwagon. Although I don't really care. You could jump on. Well, that's the thing though, year. right? Like and, that would uh, be my first criteria. Tyrion is like you cannot have won in the last 10 years like I want to be on board with the fan base who's like going to like shed decades of frustration but they actually have a chance to win that's what I want okay well easily you are now saying Man City off the board which I'm very happy about yeah that's great I don't you can't <laughs> yeah. be a Man City fan no the, 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 no Man City is and take no offense Man City fans come from Man United fan it's mostly bandwagoners who jumped in when they became good. Like that's really how I feel about the Man City fandom. Do you want a, um, do you, do you want like a star player? Is there like a play? Cause uh, I mean, Tottenham Hotspur, they're an interesting choice. They have not won. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I just want to make sure they've not won the premier league or like the level one uh, championship since 1961. Yeah. So the are, meme is they never win. They never win. So Ooh, that's they, appealing. But they do have Harry Kane, who is one of, you know, uh, probably Harry not King? Kane. Kane. Okay. Yeah. Like the big I, red. First machine. you were talking about Man City and then a Harry King. And I was like, what <laughs> podcast am I on? Like, I don't know if he would be, because, you know, he uh, he's still very good. But, he you know, he's a, he's a striker, plays a front. Very fun. Um, he's been good recently. Um, so you kind of get like, you know, you have someone you can root for. I I hate when Liverpool plays the Spurs um, because what the Spurs do is they play this like very fun counterattack. Um, so uh, the counterattack basically like they sort of set up their players up front, their strikers um, to be pretty close to the, the the last line of defense, right? The offside rule is there's no line on the field. It's whoever the, the last defender is. Um, when the ball gets kicked, um, you just have to be behind one of the defenders. You can move past it when the ball is in the air and got the Spurs have such a good counterattack and they're so annoying to play because Liverpool will have like control. Liverpool is a very like control heavy team. So control the ball, look for their shots, sort of take a lot of like um, set pieces where they, um, you know, they take a foul and they get to kick the ball in or they take a corner kick. Um, but Spurs play this like heavy counterattack. That's so annoying because Liverpool will be, will have control of the ball for a while. And then all of a sudden it's like, there's Harry Kane, like with the ball up the field about to score. Mm-hmm. Like it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's like that's an interesting to talk about. Like those two style plays. What style of play would you say? Like does Man United uh, play Puya? Uh, Man United. Okay, so Man United is interesting because whatever we did before Grace doesn't matter because now Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo's on our team again. Yeah. Did and, you know this? Right. You know. Well, this is my Ronaldo. thing. This is did my you know thing. This? Like I cannot yeah. pick a team based on players because it's all going to change, right? You got to. Well, I mean, pick a they team leave. Based on- they do leave. They leave. They, yeah, yeah, they leave you behind. And basically our team becomes, well, Cristiano's playing, so we got to let him decide what's happening. And, <laughs> uh-huh. and you know, to me, it, it gets frustrating with Cristiano because, you know, we did some transfer this year. We brought in Jaden Sancho, who I'm, I love, very excited to see him in the team. And we brought in Rafael Varane. I was like, okay, we have Martial. I'm like, let's see Martial play again. Um, Rashford's coming back, exciting. And then once Cristiano comes in, it messes the system because he has to play 90 minutes. He's yeah. a world 
class player. So now the team is follow the Ronaldo and then we'll see. And we have Bruno Fernandez who's obviously amazing. Um, but yeah, their, their formation right now is break my heart. One, two, three. So that's what they're doing. Uh, but we'll see yeah. where it goes. So to help, to help um, Troy here, Troy, what's your favorite color? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, <laughs> the honest answer is my two favorite colors are purple and green, which are also the colors of my favorite Girl Scout cookie boxes. So <laughs> okay, I learned okay. that late in life, but I also have a lot of red clothing because of Here's Stanford. Th- so. yeah, I do think, I do think like the colors, are good. Question. I do think finding a team who is going to get to play like maybe in the champions league, you know, they're going to be in the FA cup. They're going to be in the care about cup, like the care about mm-hmm. cup and the FA cup, Troy, they're like less important tournaments, but like your team will be in it. What's kind care of fun, about uh, care, uh, like, like I have to care about a cup. Is that what Oh, I think care about cup. I don't know. I think that's the sponsor. Goofy. Yes. But what's fun about even those tournaments is when you're a good team, they play their like, their like second string unit they play their like you know their what? young kids so that because often mm-hmm. late in the tournament like the thing that's uh jürgen klopp is the manager of liverpool he's this uh german guy he's amazing that's he's the made-up name that's the, klopp. you've given me four names and i picked the made up that's the baba tunde right? he's he's amazing he, he is, is uh he's he's so like he's so passionate he got a fine one time because he like ran on the field at, like when they scored like a goal and uh, like the overtime whatever he's he's awesome but he Nietzsche, he's what gave the champ the the trophies to yeah. liverpool yeah yeah he, he brought them like uh, yeah basically he's like uh coming in and like fixing the system basically but he has been a huge component because his team is is very good and they're often in a bunch of these tournaments he is one of the biggest like he complains a lot about scheduling like a lot a lot a lot um but it's one of the so he often like when like they when liverpool gets into like the third especially if they have a team that is like not in the premier league if they're playing somebody in the fa cup he will play his like backups um uh predominantly but i mean that's fun fun too but i do feel like there would be something to like picking a team who potentially could be in champions league because like yeah playing the other european teams is a fun way to learn those teams um playing in the champions league um and you get to be you're in all the tournaments like basically the better team like higher up you get um you don't start i'm looking knockout stages where you're not involved um but i'm uh, looking at the table now and i just like i just want to knock out like wolves is just like no that's a stupid name for a team come at me bro (laughs) so no and i'm like very american it's very american versus like all these things are like you know liverpool uh, fc yeah yeah no i want it to feel like british right like you know west ham also i have tough time with that name but i at least like it's still it feels british right uh you should check out the west ham mascot because he's fun you might like having a cool mascot um yeah i, I think, mean yeah okay 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 hammerhead is that a thing? i mean if you're like, saying that the team can't have won in the last 10 years you're knocking out basically for sure man city liverpool um chelsea leicester city uh and man united basically are the everton's like, not a bad pick for you either everton we can be is rivals right? right now yeah yeah but they've you know up until these last couple of years they're typically thought of as like a top seven top eight team Mm-hmm. And they're just having a rough patch right now. They did grab a couple good loan players. Uh, Aston Villa is one in there that could be fun. They um, they are kind of determined to want to Wasn't try. He married good. to Demi Moore at one point. <laughs> no. um, oh, that's Ashton Kutcher. Uh, Aston Villa has uh, a manager, Stephen Gerrard, who is a former Liverpool player and sort of um, he's younger. I know that he, name. Yeah. I know that name. Yeah, and so uh, they they just made some big moves on the in the including 
bringing in a player who um uh like played with Steve Gerrard. Uh, they're mm-hmm. gonna bring in uh Philip I Pacino. mean Everton brought in Frank Lampard as their coach. Yep, true. So. Uh Everton, uh Aston Villa are fun teams. Uh Crystal Palace could be fun. uh yeah, I'm trying to you know, I mean, Tottenham, really, they have not won. Uh, you know, that could be fun. I yeah. feel like maybe I'm coming around to Tottenham. Like, it also looks like they're in, like, North London, which is near where my sister lives. So it's yep. like, am I reasonable? I could actually go to, go to, you call it a match? If a game? A game? I see this is uh, a match. Yeah. I'm going to have to figure this out before yeah. I go subject myself to the hooligans. Well, not to make this more difficult for you, but Arsenal is also in like they're based in London. So yeah. you could also catch their London games there teams. too. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I, I don't know. I'm not feeling, uh, even though my D and D character fires cannons, like maybe, uh-huh. maybe I'm not feeling the arsenal of it all. Uh, you know what I'm going to have to do? I think I'm going to have to dig into the history because sure. like, or the origin of these names, because I'm a big history fan. So the mm-hmm. more lore there is, uh, the more likely I am to engage. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. You don't have to make decisions. I think this is just sort of a fun exercise, a way for yeah. us to chat about different teams. But yeah, it sounds like we should talk about. This is a lifestyle, lifetime commitment, right? So yeah, you, you really you, have if to. If you're with a team, yeah. that's it. That's your team now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as anything else, Grace, I feel like the transfer window was yeah. like it was fine. The deadline was what excited me, especially with Everton getting. Um, both Deli Alley from Tottenham and yeah. getting Van de Beek from United. I thought both were players that desperately needed a change of scenery and playtime. So I couldn't agree they more. There was Deli Alley was this thing where like um it felt like like he's only 25 and somehow he felt like he was like washed up already in some ways. And I he do think, free falling, yeah. Yeah. So I do think a, a move here um will be really good. Um good for him. Um yeah. Uh I'm very happy with uh what Liverpool are able to do uh bringing Lou Diaz uh mm. is, is good. Not that they it's uh there's an interesting concept a friend of mine was talking about um where I think it's from baseball where um the best thing you can do at like a trade deadline is actually like um make the things you're good at actually better. Um so there's this like thinking that like, yeah, if you have bad, like if you don't have a strong striker, go out and look for a striker. But there's also this thinking that like if you're just really good already at like Liverpool has three amazing strikers, uh, technically kind of four with Jada now, and you add like another one, it's like, mm-hmm. that's that's scary. You know, like the whole game, there's just going to be no letting up from the front uh, of the pitch. So um, yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I don't know. Do you have predictions here um, to, you know, do you think Man City, they have basically a nine point lead at this point. Do you see anybody overtaking Man City by the end I of the mean, season? I mean, I feel like Chelsea was a lot of people's predictions to come over this season and take the league. They're falling behind a little. Liverpool's been keeping it up. It's it's a three, I think it's a three-horse race between the three of them. But City would have to fall down nine, and I just don't see them being able. And, and City's only, City's also one game ahead of Chelsea and only one behind of Liverpool. So, um, sorry, one ahead, two. Okay, never mind. But no, I think City's most likely clutch this. I think the interesting part of the league now, Grace, is who's going to make it to Champions League football? So who's going to finish top four? So who's going to get fourth place is important. And can Newcastle dig their way out of what uh, hole they're in right now? 
Yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel like Liverpool, I will, you know, I, they're in second place for now. Um, I don't foresee them overtaking Man City just because I think Man City is so freaking strong. They're so good. This is uh, mm. the time of the year last year where they actually like got better uh, than they were. Uh, and so like, yeah, this team can just like, not only just like continue what they're doing, but also like kick it up a notch. I just don't see how anybody can um, surpass them. So I I feel like this is like, yeah, Troy, you absolutely cannot be a Man City fan. This will be no. the fourth um, uh, Premier League title in five years, right? If they win yeah. this okay, year. Okay, I'll do my part. Yeah, with Pepla. Uh, so, what, who's yeah. Man City's rival? Is it Man U? Like their most natural rival? I mean, Madden United makes sense. Can I just cheer for everyone except Man City? Is that an acceptable Yeah, that's thing? great. We'll allow yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. That'll be yeah. my default for now. That way we've at least decided something. Do they have a Derby appointment? Who's their their derby opponent uh is it i don't know yeah i think i think united and city is uh is the rivalry is the top rivalry here yeah um oh boy yeah, that so- feels like just, just you as a lifetime united fan being <laughs> unsure about that for well me, the thing is united like, has like the weakest united and liverpool <laughs> are touted as the big rivalry like yeah. they have a rivalry but then there's other rivalries as well there's not just one you know there's like the merseyside derby and and so on so like united and chelsea for me growing up like in the mid 2000s it was united versus chelsea for me that was like i saw that as the rivalry I so gotcha. there's a lot of them that go on and, you know, I just want to make sure I was I did right by that, because like um, yeah. since I moved to, to North America, I've watched soccer significantly less, but I still keep an eye on everything. Um, and this is 100 percent to do with the fact that the games are early in the morning now. Unlike mm-hmm. uh, Grace enjoys watching the early games. Nah, I'm sleeping in. I like waking up and spending the first 10 minutes looking at the stats, looking at the games, what happened, looking at a couple highlights, because typically for me, soccer would go down at like. 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at night. Right. Um, if, a, if it was a later game, maybe we'd go to like a like a shisha lounge, smoke some hookah and watch, you know. That's what it was in the Middle East. And now it's like, nope, this is not breakfast activity for me. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I had to do, was like as I was becoming more of a fan and like, mm-hmm. you know, Google now tracks everything we do. And so like as I would be searching, like it would, my phone would start to be like, Oh, it's like Liverpool won. And I was like, no, no, I was yeah, going to watch it. it. Just, you know? It's like, oh, so, it's the 70th minute and it's nil, nil. I'm like, why are you telling me yeah, this? I, I don't want to know. I want to be yeah. so in the dark. So I like, it's this weird balance of being this fan where I had to like, try to like limit, I'm like muting hashtags on Twitter. So I make sure I don't get like, <laughs> you know, li- hashtag live Eve, which is like liver and yeah. Liverpool versus Everton. Like I, you know, there's this weird things you start to do it. So when you become a the sports fan, because specifically now where the AI is too good. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. That's why um, I have to watch the Olympics live. That's why I just have to stay up and, and deal with it for two weeks. Cause you, you can't avoid it. It's unavoidable these days. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else we should, we should chat about this. Is very fun. Thanks for, uh, yeah. Chatting, uh, football. I mean, if people have more questions, hit us up on, uh, Twitter. We'll help you. We'll help you find a team. It just won't be man city. I imagine exactly. that a future podcast will, you'll talk about the like world cup qualifying of yes. it all. Uh, yes. but I just want to say like Canada, us, Mexico, all in the hot, hot of it, all that I have been tracking and is fascinating to follow. Uh, Canada looks like might actually qualify for the men's world cup. The first time in my lifetime, Canada will be in the world cup, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, let's quickly, uh, in the last uh, few minutes here, we'll go quick hits around um, the league. What do we think? Uh, the Washington football team officially picked their new name. They are now the Washington Commanders. What do we think? Yay or nay on the, on the team name? It's okay. It's better than the last name. Yeah, well, I think low bar. Yeah, low yeah. bar. Uh, better than the old name. I really, honestly, though, better than Washington football team. Maybe yeah. not. I kind of like Maybe WFT, not. but I don't know. It's very, it's very uh, European soccer, actually. I would much <laughs> rather them have gone with Washington, the footballers, and do the WTF. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. But sure, Commanders, okay, fine. Well, it doesn't do much for me, but uh, yeah. it does set up this amazing thing where it's like, uh, you know, the Washington Capitals, the Washington Commanders, the Washington Nationals, and the Washington Wizards of the NBA. The Wizards are great. I love that team. It's great. I've been to a Wizards game. Um, yeah, the Commanders. That's okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of like actually. That's probably the best argument I've heard for it is the branding amongst the other, um, the other team names. Um, Troy, you are a Bengals fan. Next week, it is the Super Bowl. We will have a full Super Bowl recap. Um, I know for sure we'll be joined by Rob Sesternino. Uh, he specifically very much wants to talk about the commercials, so that will be fun. But, uh, Troy, I, I believe you gave us your Super Bowl prediction already. You have the yep. Bengals being the Rams. Puya, what do you think? Um, so I am a new convert to like following and having my own football team to root for. I am a Baltimore Ravens fan. Okay. As many rap Ravens fans. Yeah. That does not surprise me. I did go over to one of my mains in the, in the Ravens flock. I I said, Chappelle, who are we rooting for this Sunday? And he said, we're rooting for the Rams. So I'm rooting for the Rams this Sunday. I have to say it's a good, I said, I've said on this podcast, I don't really have a team. The closest I would have is maybe the Titans, but gosh, being able to join you, Mari, Chappelle, Jason Reed, uh, that's a pretty do good it. Crew. Do it, especially like for me, you know, I went to Carlton University and we're the Carlton Ravens. So I'm oh, just changing the where it starts and staying with Ravens. Let's do true. it. That's true. Uh, well, right. and that's just more people to add to the list for the <laughs> two message on Monday. Yes. Uh, all right. So we have that. Uh, there's a story I want to touch on briefly uh, for sure. But uh, we have this. um uh, the lawsuit uh, by Brian Flores uh, been a big week with um, lots of uh, head coach signings. But last week uh, came out that Brian Flores is uh, suing the NFL, um, claiming that they're discriminating against um, black coaches. Um, that um, uh, and one of the things that came out was basically like he went for an interview 
believe, with the Giants. And before his interview, Bill Belichick uh, texted him and said, hey, congrats, you got the job. Turns out Bill Belichick was actually texting the wrong Brian and they're hiring a different Brian for the job. Um, and yet uh, Brian Flores had not yet had his interview. He was going in later in the week, um, which gives some credence to the idea that um, this rule in the NFL that you have to you have to interview at least one black coach um, that a lot of teams um, you know, especially someone like Brian Flores, who was like, an NFL coach, um, there's lots of controversy with him being asked to throw games and things. Um, that now he's someone who has experience that they can sort of just interview to, you know, meet the requirements of the uh, of the rule, and that they really had no intention of ever hiring him, um, causing you know throwing some uh, legitimacy on the um, the claim that you know the whole the whole rule. Um, you know, is not serving the purpose that it uh, was designed to do, and that um, the NFL has a a pretty big problem in terms of uh, its hiring practices. So, I just want to touch on that. We'll we'll have more along the way as we update it. But I don't know any thoughts from either of you on this the the Brian Flores situation. I mean, pretty embarrassing, I think, for a Bill Belichick, and then I think the NFL um, entirely. If you haven't read the receipts on this one, uh, it's pretty wild to actually see it. And I think it's just worth noting that Flores is like very much going out on a limb, risking his entire career in order yes. to uh, make this happen and to create some change in accountability. And, you know, uh, the, the NFL is led by a, a group of owners who are taking advantage of and, and not paying a lot of people what they should be paid. Um, and like, it's a very small group of people who make a lot of these decisions. And so uh, a lot of bravery on his part. And I'll be fascinated to see what comes out from it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think real change, um, you know, is, is very much uh, needed um, in, in the NFL in terms of, you know, um, who they're, you know, diversity, who they're putting in, in these positions. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, their systems are currently well outdated. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, we had a couple of all-star uh, events this past weekend. The Pro Bowl was uh, yesterday, um, as well as it was the NHL All-Star Weekend. I actually, um, I didn't realize I've been a little bit out of the world of NHL, um, but I really liked their format in the NHL game. They basically, with four divisions recently, have made it so it's like this little mini tournament. The team or the division that gets the best score in the skills competition gets to pick which team they want to play against. Um, and uh, it was these like two 10-minute halves, three-on-three hockey. I don't know if either of you checked it out, but I thought it was very, very fun. And like typically the all-star game is something that I sort of check out on. And um, I thought this was like a really, really fun way to showcase um, hockey uh, specifically. Um, Either of you check out any of the all-star festivities. It's okay. if you. I did not. (laughs) I did not. But there was one very cool thing. If you should, you should both of you need to check out uh, Tyler Zegris. It was a, um, a, that I did see. Okay, it was uh, this uh, like a break. Uh, uh, what do you, uh, someone's going to kill me? A breakaway challenge. Uh, it was like a skills challenge. You can do whatever you want. Kind of like slam dunk competition. Yeah, it's like a skill breakaway. skill shot. And Tyler Z- or Trevor Zegers, sorry, uh, has this unreal shot where he blindfolds himself and like spins around and shoots the puck into the net. It was it's unreal. It's so cool. It's like uh, gosh, uh, if they could like transfer all this energy into like regular season NHL. Uh, that is, but is it as good as the knuckle puck from uh, Mighty well, Ducks? Nothing 2? ever no. is. No, <laughs> no. 
The Flying V, no one flying got that. Flying V, Julie the Cat, come on. The Flying V was actually like pretty big. You know, the three on three, it was much easier to pull off the Flying V. Uh, the three on three format's amazing. I got to go watch a lot of the All-Star Weekend when it was in San Jose. And uh, I didn't watch this year, but uh, it's a really fun format that's really high paced. That's why I love the like three on three overtime or four on four overtime like changes. I just think like the fewer players out there, the faster paced and the more fun it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just feel like that's like uh, other leagues should be taking note of like what what works on All Star, you know, weekend stuff. I feel like the Pro Bowl did not does not work. No, <laughs> no one's watching the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else in the world of sports either of you wanted to chat about before we go? Uh, just speaking of the football of it all, just like uh, uh, thanks for all the fish, Tom Brady, and so long, and I'm glad to <laughs> never have to play against you again. Yeah, that's great. Uh, all right, we will be back next week. Super Bowl is next Sunday. We'll be back on Monday to chat through the game, the halftime show, and the commercials. Uh, Rob will be joining us, uh, probably as well as uh, at least one other guest. We'll see you then. Um, before we go, Puya, where can people find you and what are you up to? You can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream it three, four times a week. Um, I talked with Rob about this week's 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days episode, which is fun. And we also wrapped up Nine Day Fiance, The Single Life, officially over now after part two of the tell-all. And coming soon, in about a week, actually, um, I will be uh, meeting up with The Chappelle on a podcast <laughs> to talk all about Bel Air on yes. Post Show Recaps. I'm Amazing. very excited to see how that's going to play out. This is the uh, Fresh Prince reboot. I'm very excited. Looks good. That's right. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, it looks it, it's going to be different, but I'm excited to see how, you know? Yeah, it looks uh, like serious, which I'm like, you know, Will Smith is involved, right? So, um, I trust, right. I trust that. Yeah. And then if you, you know, it's me and Chappelle, so we're not serious. So I'm curious <laughs> how that's going to play out. I don't that's know that my, formula. We'll that's see. my favorite brand. Uh, it's like the series show or the podcast is ridiculous. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trey, what about you? Where can people find you and what are you up to? Yeah, I think most relevant for this crew, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ LaBelle Klein. Not been tweeting over there too much, but if people want uh, Olympics tweets or like are interested in that, uh, I didn't even get into like the figure skating of it all. The Camila Valieva, the Russian figure skater who could be the best ever, even though she's 15. Uh, and uh, I could tweet about that over at DJ LaBelle Klein if people are interested in learning more about the figure skating of it all. Um, or you could find me probably on the post show recaps discord uh, where I run a lot of Dungeons and Dragons games games uh yeah. so you know come find me shout at me about olympic stuff and maybe i'll come uh, talk about it over there yeah, sounds good i'm on twitter at hi from grace lots of stuff over on post show recaps euphoria coverage uh every monday with amon and a, a rotating crew of guests also covering raised by wolves with uh currently getting through season one with josh but we start to dive into season two hopefully we will join be joined by taryn armstrong doing movie coverage with ariel each week so lots going on over there do a podcast called hold up with a co-host hudson where we watch lgbtq media from the past and see if it holds up um and a lot more uh troy we play D D in space on tuesday nights at 8 p.m uh on oh, yeah, TV slash dm philly uh <laughs> check that out it's very fun uh sometimes on fridays i play D D also on uh philly's uh channel uh where we play a little furry woodland creatures also very fun so if you're interested in D, come check that out um i think that's it uh, until next time the podcast is over Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 